Clovis, building a healthy life together. What's up, everybody? Justin Nault here with another Ask Me Anything episode. This is audio pulled from my weekly Facebook Live, which you can catch every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Central at facebook.com slash the Clovis culture. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to this podcast and leave me a five-star review on your favorite podcast platform. Each and every review counts. It really, really helps, and it means the world to me. Thank you so much. As always, this episode is brought to you by Clovis. I am the founder and CEO of Clovis, and I am in the business of impacting people's lives for the better. I have helped over 500 people just like you transform their health and wellness, and I want to work with you. To prove it, I'm going to give you a free seven-day trial, which will give you full-blown access to all of the members-only content that Clovis has to offer, free for a full seven days. Just visit IamClovis.com slash start, S-T-A-R-T, IamClovis.com slash start. You will find some videos of yours truly, and you will find some incredible testimonies from some of my Clovis clients. You will be shocked by the unbelievable stories that these brave individuals have to tell. Stories of full-blown life transformation. 50 pounds in 8 weeks, 40 pounds in 60 days, 21 pounds in 19 days, 100 pounds in 6 months. You name it, I've got somebody that's done it. Check out IamClovis.com start and get started with your free trial today. If you'd like to check out my physical products, including the Perfect Paleo Powder, just head over to IamClovis.com. Use promo code PERFECTPODCAST. Again, PERFECTPODCAST, all one word, at checkout, and you will receive 10% off your entire first order at IamClovis.com. All right, let's get on with the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Clovis Live. Ask me anything number 10. That's right, we're already 10 weeks, 10 episodes into this. This is our normal weekly live Ask Me Anything Wednesday nights. Uh, So this is live, kind of. This week is a little bit different. Um, Right now, as you're watching this live, I'm actually on a plane. So I'm on a plane watching this with you, which means I get to interact with you assuming everything goes according to plan with Southwest Wi-Fi. So we hope the Wi-Fi is reliable up there. If so, I'm actually gonna be interacting with you as this video plays. So instead of a live Q&A, if you have questions throughout this Ask Me Anything, you can just ask them in the comments and hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be right there with you responding to your comments in real time. So you get to watch me live and I can respond to my own comments live. Interesting. So I'm basically just going to put a bunch of comments and go, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) So live Ask Me Anything number 10. This is called Sleep Hacking and Personal Freedom. Um, I'm really excited about this one because it's a super, super, super important topic. Uh, There's a lot of misconceptions around sleep. Uh, Sleep is one of the most paleo principles that I can think of uh, from an evolutionary standpoint. So we're going to talk about sleep. We're going to talk about how to improve your sleep. We're going to talk about an article that I actually wrote, God, now, probably three years ago. Um, I believe this one, 
I think it was 2015, it might have been 2016, but it's an article I wrote called Sleep Hacking. It's a two-part series, How I Achieved 100% Sleep Quality. Uh, so that means I tracked my sleep quality and I tracked the different things that affect my sleep quality and eventually ended up with 100% sleep quality, which is obviously the holy grail of sleep quality. Now notice I keep saying sleep quality, I'm not saying sleep length. Right? So length doesn't really matter as much as you think. So we're gonna talk about sleep hacking. Um, we're gonna get into personal freedom. So for those of you that follow us that are members of the Clovis Academy, which is free, join Clovis Academy, facebook.com slash groups slash Clovis Academy. Check that out, we'll put a link in the show notes. Uh, those of you that are in the Clovis Academy, um, those of you that follow us on social media, on Instagram, at the Clovis Culture, we've been talking a lot about freedom. This concept of freedom is so important. And the reason why freedom has come up is a lot of people look at a guy like me who's a quote unquote health nut, a health guy, right? And they think that my life is restrictive. Um, nothing could be further from the truth. I have more freedom than the average person in leaps and bounds, in ways that I can't even explain to you um, until you've lived it. So once you get to the level of freedom that I have, you really understand the freedom that you were lacking in your day-to-day decision-making with foods and fitness and sleep and scheduling and all these things. It's really, really important to build freedom for yourself through lifestyle design. So we're gonna talk about freedom, discipline equals freedom. We're gonna talk about how sleep ties into freedom. And we're gonna talk about how you can optimize these things through little tweaks and tricks. I'm gonna give you like eight to 10 different tricks to improve these things. If you do two of them, you'll see a significant improvement in your overall sleep quality, and that's a very good thing. So um, before we do that, remember, uh, if you're on Facebook, click the share button, share it to your feed, just click share now public. If you're on Instagram, leave us some comments, the more comments, the better. Uh, Facebook, click the like button, the thumbs up button, the hearts, the smiles, do all of the things. Tag your friends. If you have a friend who just has terrible sleep quality and is always complaining about being tired, tag them in the comments right now. Bring them into this Facebook Live so they can learn too. And again, I'm available for comments, assuming we have Wi-Fi. So I hope this works out. Let's dive in, Ask Me Anything, live episode 10, Sleep Hacking and Personal Freedom. So first things first, I wanna talk about the science of the sleep thing. And this is really where paleo kicks in. So if you've seen any of my Ask Me Anythings before, you know I'm not dogmatic about nutrition. Am I a paleo guy? Yes. Am I a low lectin guy? Yes. Am I a low carb guy? Yes. Am I a ketogenic guy? No. Am I a vegan vegetarian guy? No. So there's certain camps that I fall into. Whatever camp you're in, don't be dogmatic about it because we can optimize all of these things. If you're a vegan for animal rights reasons, cool. Let me help you optimize. Let me make sure that you don't die while serving animal rights. I can help you with that. I respect your decision, right? It's a very, very moral, it's a great decision. Let me help you, right? So I don't get dogmatic about this stuff. But what I do believe in is the paleo fundamental principles of getting back to human nature, where we came from, from an evolutionary standpoint. The reason why I say that is paleo is not about how much sugar you eat, how much fruit you eat, whether you're eating refined carbohydrates. That's not what paleo is. Paleo is lifestyle design, and I talk about this lifestyle design all the time, and none more so than sleep, really, from a paleolithic standpoint. So we're looking at the paleolithic era, our ancestors. The reason why we're looking at this is because there's no possible way that human evolution could keep up with technological evolution, right? The growth of technology has been exponential. So to give you a little example of this, if you were to take the entire history of mankind, of human beings as we know them, and you look at it like a football field, 
Now, the amount of time from, from the first human being to now, the last inch on the last line of that football field would be the amount of time that human, human beings have had agriculture and been able to grow their own food. That's how long agriculture has been around. And agriculture is what came along and screwed up everything in terms of human health, right? So this entire football field, we're hunter-gatherers the whole time, scavenging, doing whatever we can. We invent fire, we learn how to cook. Agriculture is still that little sliver. Now, if you wanna talk about the amount of time that we've had things like feedlot cattle and technology and electricity, you're talking about one sheet of paper thin on the last line of the entire football field. That, it's insane. This stuff is so new, you can't even wrap your head around it. This is a blink in the grand scheme of things. So we don't actually know how technology affects us long term. How does this play into sleep? The invention of the light bulb. Now, from paleolithic standpoints, we could really only operate during the day. Why? Because we're at a huge disadvantage at nighttime. At nighttime, you want to find a cave and your ass has to hide so you don't get eaten by a jaguar, right? Because these are nighttime predators. They have a huge advantage. We have to avoid them, right? There's also a reason, this gets a little woo-woo, bear with me here, but they do talk about things called genetic memories or DNA coding. There is a reason why little kids all across the planet are afraid to be in a dark room by themselves. They're afraid of things that go bump in the night. We're not designed for darkness. Now the light bulb comes along and changes all of that, right? So now we have a light bulb. Now we can work 24 hours a day and that's what we do. We have a 24 hour news cycle. We have 24 hour work. We have a night shift. We have a day shift. We have a graveyard, graveyard shift, all these things. But it hasn't been around long enough for us to really absorb how detrimental this has been to human health, right? So to give you an example, daylight savings time. We just went through it this week. This week was spring forward, right? Daylight savings time exists for farmers. Now, in the early 1900s, 40% of Americans lived on a working farm. 40%, almost half the population lived on a working farm. Now it's less than 2% of all people in America. We still have daylight savings time that comes along twice a year and screws everybody up. It's literally useless. We don't need it anymore, but we haven't evolved, right? This is the same thing with nutrition. Nutrition science is decades behind where it should be, right? We talk about this all the time. These things are not evolving the way that they should. So what started as great ideas, hey, more productive work hours with a light bulb, right? We can do more. Of course, civilization as we know it wouldn't exist without a light bulb, but it's messing up our circadian rhythm. I'm gonna talk about all of that. So if we look at circadian rhythms, circadian rhythms are regulated naturally. They're regulated with the sun. So I wanna get into that. Now the disruption of circadian rhythms has led to an increase in what, just like nutrition problems, pharmaceutical sales. So 12 million Americans in polls, in the last 30 days, 12 million Americans have used some sort of pharmaceutical sleep aid in the last 30 days. That's a staggering number of people. 12 million people taking a sleep aid because they can't sleep naturally. Sleep is as natural as anything comes. You get tired, you lay down, you close your eyes, you go to sleep. But we continually disrupt it with modern technology. So another poll says that 30% of the US population struggles with sleep, whether it's trouble falling asleep, trouble staying asleep, or straight up insomnia. You have 30% of people dealing with that issue. So like I said, we're gonna talk about all the disruptors that play into this. There's one issue that I see as the number one single biggest issue when it comes to disrupting sleep stages. I'm gonna talk about the different sleep stages. The number one disruptor of deep sleep, which is your most restorative sleep, and again, we'll talk about this. It's not REM sleep, everybody confuses the two. Deep sleep is your most restorative sleep. The number one disruptor, 
is what you're looking at right now. Your laptop, your phone, your Kindle, your tablet, whatever it might be, screens. So let's talk about sleep stages and then we're gonna jump into the screen debate because it's the number one thing and I'm gonna walk you through all the steps I took to achieve 100% sleep quality and number one is removal of screens before bed. These are the different stages of sleep that your body enters into every single night. Um, so stage one isn't actually sleep. Stage one is falling sleep, the beginning of sleep as it's referred to. It's a non-REM uh, sleep cycle. So when you're laying there and your eyes are, you know, you can't really keep your eyes open, your muscles are getting relaxed, you might start thinking some weird thoughts, you're kind of drifting off to sleep. That puts you in stage two. Stage two is beginning sleep. You, you actually have fallen asleep at this point, but there's really no dreaming. It's a very, very light uh, stage of sleep, right? So your muscles are relaxing, you're actually in sleep now. And a good way to think about it is this is about 15 minutes into sleep. And if you were to get a phone call, you could wake up, grab your phone, look at who's on the screen, hit the answer button, go hello, and the person on the other line probably wouldn't even know that you were asleep. Uh, it's just a very light, light, light stage of sleep. Now, after that, assuming you didn't get a phone call, you would enter into stages three and four. Now, stages three and four, for the sake of simplification, are both deep sleep cycles, right? Now you've entered into deep sleep. Deep sleep is the most restorative sleep. This is the most important sleep cycle, period. Now, a lot of people confuse this. One of the biggest, um, misconceptions I see in the world of sleep is people think that REM sleep, which is the dream stage of sleep, they think that REM sleep is deep sleep. That's not true. So oh, I had a really bad night's sleep because I didn't get any REM sleep. It's not true, right? REM sleep is when you dream, your brain is very, very active. In stages three and four, the deep sleep stages, your brain and muscular activity is reduced to almost nothing. I mean, you're essentially paralyzed. You're not gonna be tossing and turning. You're not gonna be dreaming. What's happening in the deep sleep stage is like a Zamboni on a hockey rink. If you've ever been to a hockey game, they gotta get fresh ice, right? So it's basically your whole body, head to toe, is going through repair and maintenance mode. It's going, we need to fix this, we need to fix this. It's scanning your body going, here's all the things we need to fix. We need to kill that cell. We need to remove this, remove that, right? This is where your muscles recover. Let's say you're lifting heavy weights or uh, you have a really hard day job or something like that. This is when you're recovering. This is why deep sleep is so important. This is about 45 minutes in to your first sleep cycle. And uh, so you go through stages one, two, into three and four, you're now in deep sleep, about 45 minutes in. And a good way to think of this is if you get a phone call at this time, it's really gonna suck, right? Your phone rings, you go, huh, where am I? And grab your phone, you're like fumbling it in your hand, you're having trouble getting the answer button, you hit answer, you say hello, the person on the other line is instantly gonna know that they woke you up. You won't be able to hide it, right? So you're getting just woken up. This is another reason, we'll talk about alarms later, but another reason why alarms can be so terrible for you if you're not on a good schedule is because when an alarm wakes you up out of deep sleep, it's gonna change your whole day, literally. You're gonna be a jerk that day. That's waking up on the wrong side of the bed is really getting woken up out of a deep sleep state. Okay, so that's stages three and four. Stage five is your REM sleep. REM sleep is dream sleep. This is when all the dreaming happens. So it's rapid eye movement, that's what REM stands for. So you enter rapid eye movement, the brain is incredibly active and this is where all your dreaming happens and you're at, your, your brain actually builds long-term memories during REM sleep. It's really, really interesting. Um, so what happens is you have sleep stages and sometimes I use them interchangeably and I'm sorry if that gets confusing, but you have these sleep stages, stages one through five, and then you have sleep cycles. So you're gonna go stage one, two, three, four, five, and then you're gonna start over. Stage one, two, three, four, five, and start over. Stage one, two, three, four, five. Ideally, in an eight hour night of sleep, 
you should pass through all these five stages in five different times. So five different cycles, a sleep cycle being one through five, stages one through five. And you do that five times throughout the night. So if you notice in the middle of the night, like if you wake up because you have to go to the bathroom, you probably woke up in light sleep because if you're in deep sleep, your body's not even gonna register that it has to go to the bathroom, all those functions are shut down, right? So when you get up to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night, you probably came just came out of REM sleep and are starting back at stage one with light sleep. So those are the different stages of sleep. Now, the reason why I know so much about these different dream states is because I spent two years of my life practicing lucid dreaming. Um, so I don't know if any of you know what lucid dreaming is. I could literally do an entire AMA just on lucid dreaming. Um, practiced it for about two years, and the idea is to lengthen your REM sleep stage. You want the REM sleep to be as long as it can be, and as long as possible, really. So like on your fourth and fifth sleep cycle, so this would be like, you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m., that kind of thing, early, early morning hours while you're still asleep, the REM cycles get longer as the night progresses. So lucid dreaming tends to happen in the early, early, wee early morning hours, right? So if you don't know what lucid dreaming is, picture the movie Inception with Leonardo DiCaprio. So I studied lucid dreaming for two years, got to the point where I could do it pretty consistently. Um, it involved supplements, it involved reading a boatload of books, it involved daily practices, actually waking practices to be able to determine reality from non-reality. Uh, it's really, really interesting. but. Lucid dreaming, essentially, when you become lucid in a dream, it's not a vivid dream. A lot of people have vivid dreams and think that they lucid dreamed. When you get into a lucid dream, you literally are aware, like, I'm in my bed right now, I'm dreaming, and I can do whatever I want. You can spin the world faster, you can fly, you can make your friends show up and hang out with you, you can visit different cities by flying. It's unbelievable. Lucid dreaming is incredible. Now, lucid dreaming is real tricky and real woo-woo. For example, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Tim Ferriss, but Tim Ferriss has a pretty famous article that he wrote about lucid dreaming in which he would lucid dream, practice lucid dreaming every night, and he would practice and train with a world-renowned wrestling coach in his lucid dreams. And then in reality, in waking life, he went undefeated that wrestling season. Just beat absolutely everybody. There are other people who use lucid dreaming to literally teleport to countries that speak different languages, and they practice speaking different languages to become fluent in the waking life. Lucid dreaming is crazy, crazy interesting and it got me to a lot of stuff. I was reading a book called, uh, I think it was called Dream Yoga or Lucid Dream Yoga. I had a flight out to Peru where I went to the jungle with a bunch of shamans and studied lucid dreaming there along with other things and jungle brews and all sorts of fancy stuff, right? So I've gone deep, deep, deep into the dream space. So now let's get into how I achieved 100% sleep quality. First things first, how do I know I got 100% sleep quality? Well, I have to track and quantify my sleep. So what I used at the time back in, I, I, I think it was 2015, but I used an app called Sleep Cycle. Sleep Cycle is free. Uh, you can get it on iPhone, I believe you can get it on Android as, Android as well. It uses uh, either or or both your microphone and accelerometer on your phone to measure your sleep stages. Um, I find the accelerometer to be far more accurate, but for some reason the app recommends you use the microphone and I don't understand that. So like I sleep with a noise machine, right? So there's it's there's no use in me using my microphone but anyway so you need to track now the best tracker i've ever found is the aura ring that's o-u-r-a and i'm going to try really hard to get a discount code for the aura ring for all of you clovis people the aura ring is incredible it looks like a male's wedding band which is a small ring and it measures your heart rate it measures your hrv it measures all your sleep cycles and what it does is it gives you a percentage of time that you're in each sleep stage so for instance 
Deep sleep, the most important restorative aspect of sleep, you wanna be spending 20% of your sleep time in that stage. Now that means about an eight hour night's sleep, you're talking like between 1.6 and two hours of deep sleep time. That's 20% of your total sleep time, the most restorative. So what's great about something like an aura ring or sleep cycle that can track your different sleep stages is you get to quantify how things affect your sleep quality, which is what I did. So over the course of, I think I have 700 and something nights logged on sleep cycle, I tracked everything. Did I drink caffeine after 1 p.m.? Did I do intense physical activity or a workout, like a CrossFit walk or something after 4 p.m.? Did I have a large meal before bed? Did I have dark chocolate before bed? Did I have sex before bed? You can literally quantify anything that you want to quantify. So I basically know how everything affects my sleep quality and I can adjust accordingly. And I can try to replicate the things I did that improved my sleep quality and try to minimize the things that I did that prevented sleep quality. Um, so I'll walk you through, these are the eight things that I did, and I wrote an article about this, but the article is not up on the Clovis blog. I'm gonna update this. It's been a couple years now. There are some different tools and tricks that I've learned since then that I can update and throw on an updated version of this sleep hacking article that I did. So number one, turned off all screens, all screens, everything, at least one hour before bed. Number two, I ate a small ketogenic meal one to two hours before bed. Number three, it turned off all overhead lights. And we're gonna talk about this, but I actually use red lights in my house past a certain time. So I am the guy on the street whose house looks like a serial killer house, and that doesn't bother me at all, okay? So that's number three. Number four, uh, I read before bed under a red light, and that is a fiction book. You don't wanna read a business book or an investing book or change your life for a good book or something like that because your brain's gonna start spinning. You're gonna have a hard time falling asleep. Number five, I drank turmeric tea. This is a specific random turmeric tea that I had with a little bit of raw honey. And I'll walk you through, through raw honey because as you know in Clovis Academy, don't get all excited and start putting three tablespoons of honey in your drink and say Justin said you can have sugar. No, we'll talk about it. Details matter. Um, number six, I use an induction mat. Um, I use Bulletproof brand. I'll walk you through that as well. It's basically a glorified bed of nails that you lay on. <laughs> um, number seven is sleep meditation. I'll give you an app for that. There's a couple app choices now. I've updated this since the last article. And then number eight is wearing a sleep mask. So I'm gonna walk you through eight of these, um, you know, time allowing. I'll get through all of them and, and just try to break it down as simply as I can. Um, so number one, turning off all screens one hour before bed. Remember the serial killer comment I made. If you drive by my house at night, you're gonna see red light coming from it and you're gonna think, what the hell's going on in there? Now, if you've ever driven through a neighborhood at night, which all of you have, what do you see? All the houses are lit up blue. They're emitting blue light, right? These are all people watching TV before bed. So the street is literally lit up blue. These picture windows just have blue, blue, blue. Why is it so blue? Well, the reason is all of our electronics are backlit with something called blue light wavelengths. So this is a certain spectrum of light. Now this light, thank you inventors of the light bulb, technology, all these things, they, we literally were trying to emulate sunlight, sunlight. That's what we're doing. So blue light wavelength is designed to emulate the sun. Now, what does the sun do? Going up and down helps us regulate circadian rhythm naturally. So it makes sense that all of these blue lights that we're staring at are circadian rhythm disruptors. And electronics are the number one thing. So 95% of Americans report using electronics within the, the hour before they go to sleep. 95% of Americans and 30% of Americans complain about terrible sleep, right? This is a huge issue. 
So the blue lights, if, if you look, again, if you're driving through a neighborhood, there's a ton of blue light coming out of a picture window. You don't realize what you're staring at. If you've ever been in a pitch black room and had somebody look at their cell phone, it lights them up like they're on stage with a spotlight. There is so much light being emitted from these little devices that we don't realize because your eyes adjust to it at the time. So what's happening is the blue light that you're staring at literally tricks your brain into thinking it's daytime. So it could be 10 p.m., 12 a.m., 1 a.m., and you're staring at the screen watching The Walking Dead like a zombie, like this, and you're wondering why you can't fall asleep. Now, you might fall asleep, but you're really just passing out. You're not falling asleep, so we're gonna get into that as well. But this blue light is the number one circadian rhythm disruptor. What it does is suppresses melatonin production. As long as the sun is out and shining, your brain is thinking, don't produce, uh, don't produce melatonin, because melatonin is gonna put you to sleep. So even just one hour of screen time, one hour of blue light in your eyes can reduce your melatonin, the sleep hormone, the one that's in charge of your sleep quality. It can suppress melatonin to the point of midday levels. So if you watch one hour TV show at 10 p.m. at night, your melatonin is now suppressed to the point of noon. So your body thinks, hey, it's lunchtime. We're wide awake, we don't wanna go to sleep. But what's happening is many of you are getting such poor sleep that you're chronically sleep deprived. So you may say, no, Justin, I watch ESPN Sports Center and I fall asleep to it every single night. I have a bunch of buddies that do that. They tell me this all the time. The TV helps me fall asleep. The TV helps me fall asleep. The TV helps you pass out. It doesn't help you fall asleep. That's why you can sleep eight hours and wake up the next day and be like, I feel like I didn't sleep at all, man. I feel like shit. Because you weren't getting quality sleep. It's not the length, it's the quality. Right? So this is a huge, huge issue. It's the same thing when people say, I need two glasses of wine before bed. I need a beer before bed. I need two whiskeys before bed. It's not helping you fall asleep. It's helping you pass out. It's alcohol is a huge disruptor of deep sleep cycles. TV, cell phones, all this stuff, huge disruptors of sleep cycles. So a couple things you can do. One, on your computers, if you have to work. I work late, late into the night a lot of times. Anybody who works with Clovis is on their screens all the time, right? So a couple things you can do. There's a program called Flux, F dot L-U-X. And Flux will start to put amber lights. It follows the, sun, the sunset, literally the sunset in your location, tracks your location, and it will start to pull the blue light out of your screen and make it more amber. Now, by the time it's midnight, this your screen's completely red. There's no blue light emitting from your screens. Now, honestly, there's probably still some blue light spectrum there, but it will help you. Uh, there's another one called Iris. It's a little more functionality, a little more confusing to use. But what I really, really recommend, and I posted a video on the Clovis Academy in a pair of glasses that are called blue blockers. Um, so blue blockers actually block the blue light wavelength from getting into your eyes. And there are a couple different kinds. There are these yellow ones that are kind of ambered that you could actually, you know, wear them in public, wouldn't look that weird. There's different brands that some of them look really cool. Um, there's a company called True Dark, and True Dark makes uh, day walkers and night walkers. The day walkers are kind of yellow. They're great for looking at screens, doing work during the day. It really, if you wear them all day looking at your screen, you're going to sleep better at night, and you can still see everything pretty clearly. Now, the night walkers are red. They're literally red. You put these things on. They cover your eyes. They look like goggles, and it tricks your brain into thinking it's pitch dark. Now, you'll be able to walk around your house, and you know you could make some food. You can... You could look at your computer, you could answer emails and things like that, but it gets really tricky because it's blocking out so many different wavelengths of light that you can't tell what's what. Like if you're a graphic designer or something, you're in trouble because it's, it's gonna skew all of your colors and everything. It's gonna be really, really tough to work with these things on. But if you're an average person and you really just need to watch that last episode of House of Cards before you go to bed, 
throw these blue blockers on. It's going to make a huge, huge, huge difference in your life. So blue blockers are really cool. That's kind of a little hack you can do. There's also a hack with the triple click button on your iPhone. You can triple click your home button and you can use color filters to turn your screen to red. So if anyone's ever been to my house at night or anything like that, they notice that my phone screen is always red. You can put a color filter that pulls all the blue out. This is not the same as night shift mode. Night shift mode does very, very little bit. This is Apple saying, hey, we're fancy. We know what health is and it really doesn't do shit. So anyway, I'll put a link on how to make that color filter on your iPhone if you're on Google. Android, I don't know what to tell you. I've never used one of those. Um, okay, so that's number one, screens before bed. That is the most important. I can't harp on this enough. Turn your screens off an hour before bed and just read a book, not a Kindle or a tablet, just read a book. I promise you, your sleep will improve with that one thing. If you only do one thing from this list, that is it, one thing, right? Number two, keto meal. Um, so when you're in deep sleep cycle, your body's recovering your muscles. You guys may have seen that we're doing this mass gains protocol. I'm doing these crazy ARX workouts that just completely destroy my body. All of my growth, your muscle growth, your muscle growth doesn't happen while you're working out, it happens while you sleep. So you need to make sure that your body has enough to repair itself, to re repair cellular damage while you sleep. So even a guy like Terry Crews, the most jacked dude on planet Earth, who practices intermittent, intermittent fasting, he only eats in an eight hour window. He's still slamming 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 calories, whatever he's eating, he's still eating the same amount of calories, just eating them in a small window. So when he's asleep, his body has what it needs inside of itself to repair all these, to repair all the muscle tissues and everything and grow, right? So I did a keto meal. I, uh, at the time I did the experiment, it was grass-fed beef and grass-fed butter. It was like a quarter pound of grass-fed beef, something a little light. Hour or two before bed, I'm staying real light. Just helps me repair my muscles while I'm sleeping, right? Healthy fats and protein. Number three, overhead lights. This goes back to the blue light wavelength. I'm looking at a light right now for filming that is projecting blue light onto me. There's a screen in front of me that's projecting blue light at me. Your overhead lights do the same thing. Almost all of your overhead lights are emitting blue light as well. So one, blue blockers, again, that helps. That helps big time if you put blue blockers on. But number two, I use red lights in my house, like we talked about. So I have a lamp on my bed that's literally a red light. It's a light bulb that emits red, right? There's no blue wavelength light coming from this whatsoever. So if I sit down on my bed with a fiction book and I open it up, I can read perfectly. It's very plenty bright enough. It lights my whole room up red, and I can read that fiction book, and I'll notice myself start to start start dozing off. Just oh man, you know, you just start feeling sleepy. It's it's like you're in a cave, right? So uh, reading fiction under the red light. So turn off overhead lights if you want. Literally, you can go on. Um, Amazon right now and search like red lights for your house or like amber lights for your house or um, no blue light. If you just Google like no blue light, things like this, you can find all sorts of products that are designed for this. They also have electrical tape. They have tabs, these little sticky tabs for all these things for um, if you have a fan going at night, there's a green LED light that's lit up. You can cover it with a tab. It's really that important. They did studies on this. So if you're, if you're, we'll get to this in the sleep mask part, but your room really should be set up to be as dark as possible. Um, okay, so you want to turn off all the overhead lights, try to use red lights if you can. Reading is very important before bed, but like I said, don't read some crazy in-depth involved book about how to invest in cryptocurrency right before bed because your wheels are going to spin and you're not going to fall asleep. Uh, reading under the red light helps even more. So at the time, I was drinking teas before bed. I was experimenting with these different teas. And remember, I did lucid dreaming supplements. There's like dream leaf, lucid dream leaf, all these different things that you can try, herbal teas. Um, the one that I found at the time was a turmeric tea. I think the brand was Rune. I can't think of the brand, but I'll find it and I'll put it in the show notes. But I was drinking a turmeric tea and I was putting just half a tablespoon of raw honey. So we're talking seven to eight grams of sugar in this. 
And the reason for that is it's gonna get converted to glucose in your body, right? And a certain percentage of your brain requires glucose for survival, right? So, I mean, you could get away with very, very, very small amounts of glucose, like a, like like we say, green leafy vegetables will convert itself. So you have plenty to work with, even if you're getting only 10% of your calories from carbohydrates, net carbohydrates. Um, but glucose before bed can actually help the brain while you sleep and it can improve deep sleep. So this is a tiny little hack. Now at the time, like I said, I used turmeric tea with a little bit of honey, honey just half a tablespoon. Uh, some people do up to a tablespoon, but I'm kind of the sugar guy and I'm not into that. Um, but since then, I had a conversation with Rob Wolf, and then this was later recommended by Dr. Peter Atiyah, Peter Atiyah as well. Um, both people who I look up to immensely. They've never steered me wrong with their recommendations. This is a product called Doc Parsley Sleep Remedy. Um, Doc Parsley Sleep Remedy tastes like apple cider. Basically, you heat it up at night. It's got vitamin D. It's got a little, little bit of uh, melatonin, and then it's just got some other amino acids, right? So you drink this before bed. It becomes part of your bedtime routine, which is very important. Routine is important, and we'll talk about that and it helps you sleep. Great, great, great product, can't recommend it enough. Only issue is, it's gonna cost you, I think between 40 and 50 bucks a month. It's pricey, it's a pricey product. So if you're really having issues with sleep and you wanna kickstart it, try this if you can afford it, if it's in your budget. Uh, the other thing is, and I've kind of come away from this since I wrote the article, but I think it's important to touch on, there's something called an induction mat. There are different brands of this. I got my induction mat from Bulletproof, so it's called the Bulletproof Sleep Induction Mat. And it's a mat that rolls out like a yoga mat, but it has all these plastic spikes on it. It looks like a torture device, right? You lay it on the ground. So I would read until the point where I'd start dozing off, right? And then I'd actually get out of bed or put it in bed. You can do it on the ground, you can in bed, whatever you want to do. I like it better on a hard floor rather than a mattress. And you lay on it. Now, when you first lay on it, it kind of feels like a bed of spikes. So it doesn't feel great at first, and your body freaks out. This kind of spikes your, sympath your, sympath your uh, sympathetic nervous system, your fight or flight, right? This is kind of your fight, like, ooh, what's happening? And then the body realizes, as you lay on this for 10 minutes, within like the first three minutes, it realizes we're not in danger. And your body just kind of settles and relax, and your muscles relax. It's a little bit like, like acupuncture, but without the puncture part, right? So your body kind of relaxes, and it really spikes your parasympathetic nervous system. This is the rest and digest part of your nervous system. Really, really helps you relax. Be careful. I have fallen asleep on the sleep induction mat and woken up an hour later in immense pain. Like, my back feels like a sunburn because I fell asleep on this thing. So... It's an interesting little trick. Skip the induction mat if you want to. It's not necessary. You can just go right from reading to the next step, which is a sleep meditation. You fall asleep, sleep like a baby. Sleep meditation. Um, I used an app called Headspace. Headspace is a great meditation app that you guys are probably familiar with because everybody and their mom is doing Headspace now. Um, but Headspace has an actual specific sleep meditation. And he just kind of walks you through. It's a guided meditation. And once you do it a couple times, you know it by heart. So you don't need the app anymore. So you can really just kind of do this meditation. And I'm not going to, you know, do the meditation here. But grab the Headspace app. Learn the sleep meditation. It really, really helps. It really slows your brain down and gets those thoughts out of your head. You know, I think a lot before I fall asleep. And this sleep meditation really, really, really helped me. Um, since then, I found another service that I use on my computer called Brain.fm. Uh, Brain FM is pretty awesome. They have an app. They actually have headphones that come with it, and they're like a strap with really, really thin little speakers, so you can actually sleep on the sides of your head, and it, it won't mess you up. But Brain FM has sleep, and this is binaural beats combined with music or combined with relaxation sounds. This works really well. It works really well for traveling. It works really well for airplanes as well. Um, so those are a couple things you can do in the sleep meditation space. Now, the other thing I do is I sleep with a sleep mask. And even, I, I have my room set up to be as dark as possible, but it's really hard to get a room pitch dark. You need to get blackout curtains. It's, it's really tough to do. So a sleep mask helps. 
What I was talking about before is they've done studies where they'll take a, a test subject, these sleep studies, in a pitch black room and take a little laser pointer light and shine it on the back of their knee and it disrupts their sleep cycles. That's how serious light is when you're sleeping. Like we do not give human skin enough credit. It's the same thing we talk about chemicals and everything. It's like literally what you put on your skin is going in your body, light included. That's literally how we synthesize vitamin D. The sun on our skin gets converted into vitamin D. That's crazy. The human body is insane, right? And then we put sunscreen and deodorant and all this bullshit on that's killing us, okay? Anyway, I digress, right? But a little bit of light in the back of your knee can disrupt your sleep cycle. So try to get your room as dark as you possibly can. That's what I was talking about. If you have LEDs, uh, a smoke detector or something that has an LED on it, try to cover that with a little bit of electrical tape. Just cover the light. You don't need to turn it off or anything so you don't die in a fire. But you can cover the light, right? Get it as pitch black as you can and wear a sleep mask. This is also really important for traveling because hotel rooms are terrible for light. Light gets through their curtains. They have red LED lights everywhere. Light comes in from under the door. Wear a sleep mask. It really, really, really helps, right? Um, so the sleep mask, is pretty cool and other disruptors okay so i wanted to touch on some other disruptors besides the major ones like cell phones and things like that uh one and this is where we talk about freedom this is where this all ties into freedom lack of schedule if you're a parent your kids probably have a bedtime i was about to say all kids have a bedtime but it depends on your parenting approach <laughs> um so some people have set bedtimes for their kids i guess others don't but if you, a lot of people will get this advice as parents when they have a little kid, is set up a routine. You want the child's body to know it's time for bed. So, okay, at, if, if your bedtime's seven and you're a four-year-old, we're gonna put your PJs on at 6.15. At 6.30, you're gonna brush your teeth. Uh, by 6.45, you're gonna be in bed and we're gonna be reading a bedtime story. By seven o'clock, you're out like a light, right? So you, once the baby, the, the child knows that the PJs are on, they know it's about time for bed. It triggers something in their head. They start, they start releasing melatonin. It's really, really good to have a set schedule. But most parents will put their kid in bed and then stare at Kevin Spacey and House of Cards for the next three hours until they pass out in front of the TV. It doesn't make any sense. Again, there's not childhood nutrition and adult nutrition. There's just nutrition. There's grown-up food and kid food. It's all the same. Routine, scheduling, same thing. If a routine and schedule is good for your kid, it's probably good for you, right? You need a bedtime routine. Um, so one of the first articles I ever got published was published in a, it was published in Fitness Rx for Men. And it was 10 tips to improve your morning routine and prime your body for success. Now, that, that article got a lot of attention. It was the most shared article I've ever had, but in reality, the number one thing you can do to guarantee a successful morning routine is have a solid nighttime routine. Roll the clock back. That's very important. Your day is going to suck. Your morning is going to suck if you didn't handle the night before. If you just passed out in front of the TV, you're going to have one of those I woke up on the wrong side of the bed mornings, right? Because your circadian rhythm is completely disrupted and thrown off, right? Uh, so another thing, let's talk about uh, this. There was talk about this in the Clovis Academy, and a lot of people that I work with are on graveyard shift. I've been a professional musician for the last 15 years. I used to perform six nights a week. I never went to bed before five o'clock in the morning, ever. My sleep was completely disrupted, completely screwed. My circadian rhythm was completely off. I'm looking at a GPS, driving home from a gig at 4.30 in the morning, going to bed at five. Um, here's what I'll say about this. And I understand it's not an option for many of you. It wasn't an option for me. I'm a professional musician. I still perform on the weekends. On the weekends, I'm going to bed at 4.35, 5.30 in the morning, Friday and Saturday, right? 
If you can get another job, get another job. I know that sounds crazy. If you're a night shift nurse and they can make you a day shift nurse, shift it as soon as you possibly can. Now, I was a graveyard shift person for 15 years. I still am two nights a week. The rest of the time, I'm pretty normal up by 6.30, 7.30 in the morning and getting eight hours of sleep. I'm really, really meticulous about this so I can kind of afford the two days of screwed up even though I really can't because I'm telling you, everything skyrockets. Your risk of everything goes through the roof. Your risk of depression goes up. Your risk of cancer goes up. Your risk of Alzheimer's goes up. Your risk of heart attack goes up. Everything goes up when you are a graveyard shift worker. So if you can get out of it, get out of it. If you can't, you really, really need to put these into play. Even if your hour before bed is four o'clock in the morning, you need to start doing some of these things. Avoid the screens. Make sure you're in total darkness, especially if you're falling asleep when the sun is up. You need to have your room built like a cave. It needs to be as dark as you possibly can and still try to get your body on a set schedule. So that's, that's the tricky thing with my schedule is on the weekend, I shift everything. It's weird. Like I have this perfect schedule of getting eight hours of sleep up by 6.30 or 7.30, depending on the time I go to bed. Then the weekend comes, screws it all up. I'm probably doing shots of tequila on stage and doing my body a huge disservice. If you can get out of graveyard shift, get out of it. It is drastically bad for your health, okay? Not to scare you, but sorry, right. I've dealt with it for 15 years and I'm pretty good. So, I mean, you can definitely mitigate some of these risks, but you got to get the nutrition right. You got to get the fitness right. You got to get the sleep right. You got to get the dark room right. It's, you just, you don't have much wiggle room with your health if you're a graveyard shift worker. It can lead to a lot of problems, especially cortisol and storing belly fat. That's a big issue, right? Um, so another thing, caffeine. I love caffeine. Um, I've gotten plenty of genetics testing done. I'm actually a fast metabolizer of caffeine and of alcohol. So those things don't really affect me. If you're a slow metabolizer of alcohol and you can get a quick 23andMe test to figure that out, you probably shouldn't have any caffeine ever, but you specifically shouldn't have caffeine, especially a slow metabolizer, nine hours before bedtime. Why? Because the half-life of caffeine is around five to six hours. What does that mean? If you take in 100 milligrams of caffeine, five to six hours later, you will have 50 milligrams of caffeine in your system. That's the half-life. Half-life is the amount of time it takes your body to remove half of something that's been ingested, right? So even eight, nine hours later, if you had 100 milligrams of caffeine, you might still be dealing with 25 milligrams of caffeine in your system. It's not a big deal. You'll probably still fall asleep, but it will disrupt your sleep stages. Like your deep sleep will be a little bit less, assuming you have caffeine in your system. So watch out for caffeine. That's a really, really big one. Um, another one that's probably less of a concern, and the jury's kind of out on this, is EMF. That's uh, electromagnetic field. I personally sleep with my phone in airplane mode. Um, again, I'm a single guy. I'm not a parent. I'm not as worried as some people are. Like if your kid is off, if your kid's 15 and he's at a house party on Friday night, you probably don't want to sleep with your phone in airplane mode in case something goes wrong, right? But if you can, sleep with your phone in airplane mode. There, there's, there are some studies and it's kind of, like I said, the jury's out, but EMF really might disrupt your sleep cycles and it could cause some other health problems as, as well. And I think that that's one of those things we haven't evolved with technology. There's no way for us to keep up with technology. There's no way for human evolution to keep up with technology. So. We might find out 400 years from now that we're all growing a third ear on our forehead and it's because we had cell phones next to our head while we sleep. We don't know yet, right? We're not going to know for a long time, honestly. So it's really up to you. I sleep with it in airplane mode and I've never had anything go, go wrong in the middle of the night, but totally up to you. Um, the other thing that can be disruptive is if you have a job where you have to travel a lot. We're traveling all the time. I leave, I'm on a plane right now. I'm literally commenting with you on this video from a plane. I got back from LA less than 48 hours ago and now we're out to Boise, Idaho. I won't be back till Friday night. 
So what do I do? I mitigate issues that might pop up. I still try as much as I can to keep my phone in that red light mode. I travel with a sleep mask. If I know I'm gonna be in an Airbnb, I travel with a sleep machine. It's a machine called a dome. That's little, I can fit it in my backpack. It's wonderful. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. I literally travel with that. If I'm not gonna travel with the dome, I'll grab Brain FM and these little skinny headphone things that my, my dad actually showed these to me. They're fantastic. And you can bring those with you. So if you're in a noisy hotel room or something, you know you're gonna get a good night's sleep. You can put these headphones on. There are things you can do. You just have to be prepared. Be prepared for travel. So if you can get yourself on a pretty set schedule with sleep, this ties into discipline equals freedom. This is a choice you make. And I'm always talking about choices and I'm always harping on choices. When I was a little kid, my dad, a masterful entrepreneur, did several things with me. One, he made me read daily affirmations from Zig Ziglar in the mirror when I was five. I would say, my name is Justin, I am smart, I am intelligent, I am creative, I am strong, all these things, right? I'm saying them to the mirror to myself. Yeah, it probably felt weird when I was five, but I just wanted to be like that, so I did. And he would drill something else into my head. Life is all about choices. The more good choices you make, the more choices you will have available to you. The more bad choices you make, the less choices you will have available, available to you. This is where discipline equals freedom comes in. Is binge watching your favorite TV show, more important than your sleep? No, it's not. You can look me in the face and say, yeah, I love that show. It is more important to me. You're wrong. It's not more important to you. I guarantee you. Bad sleep quality is not sustainable. Eventually your body will break down. This can lead to very, very serious health consequences. So you have to make the decision. What are you gonna prioritize? Your favorite TV show or your sleep? The TV show's not going anywhere. Netflix is not going anywhere. You can watch House of Cards a year from now. It's not a big deal, right? Just Watch TV during the day. Please watch TV during the day. Don't fall asleep in front of the TV. This discipline equals freedom thing is so important because for all these little tiny decisions you make, the world becomes your oyster. You wake up in the morning feeling like a million bucks. You can wake up, you go to bed a little bit earlier. You can wake up a little bit earlier. You can squeeze in a workout before work. You can cook a healthy breakfast instead of grabbing a donut at Starbucks or whatever. It might be you have more options available to you if you stick to discipline. And it's very, very freeing. So I'll give you an example. Even when you travel, when you make the decision to pack the things you need to travel and you prep for this ahead of time, same goes for food. So last Friday in LA, well, we were trying to fly to LA out of Nashville and we had a five hour delay. Two hours of that delay, we were stuck on a plane and we didn't actually prepare, actually plan ahead. We, we were going to Expo West, a natural product show. We thought we were gonna be able to get plenty of food while we were there, which turned out to be wrong because the products at natural Products Expo West were pretty poor. But anyway, long story short, we didn't plan ahead. We're trapped for five hours with no food, literally like nothing in our backpacks. I think I had a Taza chocolate bar. So what happens? Do I get hangry? Do I get super upset? And do I feel like crap and I'm grumpy? No, not at all because I don't get hungry. I eat when it's time to eat. I'm not a carb addict. I'm not addicted to carbohydrates. So I don't get sugar spikes and crashes and I don't get cravings, right? That's freedom. Freedom is not, I haven't eaten in two hours, and if I don't eat, I'm gonna chew someone's face off, right? They, when people tell me that they're that hungry, I get it, because they are. It's incredibly painful for them. They literally feel like they're starving. But this is the idea of freedom. If you can get free from carbohydrate addiction, then if you're in a place where you can't get food or the only thing available to you is airplane peanuts that you're not gonna eat, don't eat them, you literally just fast. That's it, you fast. We live in America. Eventually, you're gonna to get to a place where there's food that you can eat. So for that five hours, you just fast. That's freedom. 
Freedom plays into every single aspect of your life, but only when attached to discipline. Make enough good choices and you will have more choices at your disposal. So I hope that that makes sense and that's how sleep kind of ties into this. If you can get the schedule down, make the disciplined decision to turn the screens off before bed, to get a sleep mask, to drink a little bit of Doc Parsley tea, or to read a fiction book, or invest in a $6 red light to go in the lamp next to your bed. These are tiny, tiny little things you can do that are literally gonna change your life forever. And especially when you're stacking one good night's sleep on top of the next, on top of the next, on top of the next. If you have the discipline to do that, every single aspect of your life is gonna change. And the other thing is, if you're currently overweight, you're gonna start dropping weight, especially if you're following the Clovis protocol, my approved foods list, and all these things. Everything becomes easier. Your energy levels are more consistent. Making good choices, you literally will have more willpower. Willpower is a finite thing. So you'll be able to train, you'll be able to eat right, you'll be able to be in a better mood. It's just, it's gonna affect everything. So the more you can hone in on sleep, the better. And that's where this discipline equals freedom really, really plays into this. So make good decisions, free yourself from a chaotic schedule. Chaos is not freedom, chaos is a prison sentence, okay? So clean up your life, clean up your sleep, everything will change, I promise you. All right, so that's basically it. That's all I got for you this week. This is Live Ask Me Anything, episode number 10, Sleep Hacking and Personal Freedom. I hope you got a lot out of this. I know I touched on a lot, but again, as always, this is gonna go up as a blog post. We're gonna have show notes, links, resources. If I mentioned a product, I'm gonna tell you how to get it. If I mentioned a supplement, I'm gonna tell you how to get it. So I'll put all that stuff in the show notes so you can access it after the fact. And remember, I'm here with you this week. This is a really, really exciting episode because I am on a plane and I'm watching this with you. And if you have comments, instead of doing the live video Q&A where I can answer audibly, I want you to ask any questions you may have in the comments right now. If you have a question about a product, you want clarification on something, or if you're a night shift worker and you want to talk further about that, leave the comments here. Assuming all goes well with the Wi-Fi on the plane, I'm with you right now, which is really cool. I've never been able to do that before. So I can comment with you now in real time. So if you have questions, leave them. Give me comments with questions from Live Ask Me Anything, number 10, Sleep Hacking and Personal Freedom. On top of that, if you got something fresh in your head that you wanna talk about, um, leave me questions that you want for next week's Q&A, which we haven't decided what we're gonna do that on yet. We kinda let the week dictate it. So communicate with us in the Clovis Academy, communicate with us on Instagram, communicate with us on Twitter, email justin at clovisculture.com, whatever you wanna do, Give me a shout. Let me know what you want to talk about. What talk about? I kind of let you guys dictate this thing. I see what kind of questions I get week to week, and then I plan the AMA usually the day before. So whatever you want to talk about. I had somebody talk to me about cholesterol today. I'd love to clear up some misconceptions about cholesterol. I'd love to talk about fitness. Fitness is the one thing that I consistently see Clovis followers giving each other bad advice on. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just that you don't you don't know what you don't know until you know it, right? So we need to talk about fitness. We need to get people cleared up on fitness and how fitness works in the body. Um, so again, if you have any questions, leave the comments. I'll be in there. Josh will be in there. We'll be answering questions back and forth, doing whatever we can, assuming that our computers and Wi-Fi are cooperating. So hopefully I'm here with you right now on an airplane, talking to you live in the comment thread. So leave me your comments, leave me your questions. Follow us, share this with your friends, tag your friends if you think they want to learn how to get better sleep, and just do anything you can to help me spread the message with Clovis. If you want to approve foods list, email me, justin at clovisculture.com. Do all the things on the social, spread this as much as you can, help me, help others, and help you. Thank you so much, live, ask me anything, sleep hacking and personal freedom. Thanks for hanging out with us.